Welcome to the podcast of Inspiring Women in Hospitality. I'm Noreen Ahmed, your host. Each episode, I invite a woman from the hospitality industry to share her story with us, why she got into hospitality, her journey so far, her learnings, and who inspires her. On this episode, we hear from Marion, recorded in August 2023. She was born into hospitality and grew up loving it. She takes us on a journey of her career that includes time at brands like Rollo Chateau, La Durée, Ping Pong, Harvey Nicks, Citizen M, and many more. All right, we're now recording. Hello, everyone. Noreen here. Today I have with me Marion. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Noreen. Thank you very much for having me. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. So I'm Marion. I'm originally from from France, where I grew up. Um, And um, I've been in the hospitality industry for the last 20 years. Um, I'm very passionate about the industry, hence why I'm here today to really talk about it. Um, And I'm also extremely passionate about the food and um, and the connections that we can have in, in hospitality. I um, I live in London now for the last uh, 15 years or 18 years. I stopped counting along the way uh, where um, I am with my husband and my two young kids, as well as a dog and a cat. So it's quite a busy household. Um, I love uh, running. I love Pilates. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, really who I am, a really... Uh, that's not really French anymore. I guess like I'm, I always actually say that I'm multicultural. I, I traveled a lot and I, and I will talk about it uh, probably mm-hmm. later on, but I travel so much that I feel like really a citizen of the world nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was recently talking to somebody who, you know, who wasn't actually from hospitality, but had a mixed background, but she introduces herself as multicultural because she's like, that's the best way to describe, although she's yeah. like, American, French, Russian, and like lived in like, I don't know, five different countries. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that. And and now I'm also British. So I actually got my British nationality and French. My husband is half Irish, half Belgium. So we already just in the house, but there's there's four cultures. So it's it's a uh, it's uh it's quite great to mix and, and learn from from each other's. Yeah. And I think for me as well, because I had that multicultural upbringing plus the background that's what drew me towards hospitality so what was it that drew you towards hospitality but actually my parents uh, own a restaurant so my father was a michelin star chef um and my mom was front of house and we basically lived above the restaurant so actually my one of my youngest memories um, i can hear pans you know cooking you know oil grizzling and and I can hear you know bottles of wines going going around and glasses and so as a as a baby actually I was I grew up uh, like this and I was always very passionate of how my parents and the care they had for their guests and how they would really make um all the attention my mum would do her own flower bouquet on the table it was really about caring uh, operational excellence and, and my dad always trying to find new flavors just you know also getting inspired by other Michelin star chef but other farmers you know sourcing at the really bio organic product the best of and so I basically grew up in that environment which which gave me already that passion 
And then I, I basically developed that passion in traveling and, 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 and growing in the industry like this. But it was always for me, it was like, yeah, I was born in it, but I was born loving it. So it's been a journey since I was born. Yes, those who are in hospitality, like from the family, they either continue to love it or they're like, no, I don't want to have anything yeah. to do with yeah. it. Yeah. And I knew it was hard work from the beginning because I saw how much they mm -hmm. work. We never had any weekends. We would never have the same holidays than others. But for me, it was really how proud uh, they were about their work and how I could actually hear the guests. I could also, when I grew up afterwards with Michelin or Goemio, I could read what, what they were saying, the press. And so it, it gave me also a sense of how you can really um, change, you know, a, an experience, a guest experience through restaurants and then through hospitality in general by welcoming them as 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 real guests you know and, and nearly friends you know that's how my mother would always be like they are our guests but they are we, we welcome them as friends their experience the connection the memories we create when they celebrate a wedding when they celebrate a wedding anniversary or whatever it was it was always that we create memorable um souvenirs for 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 our guests so it's a good story. It's how, you know, we can really care um, and, 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 and uh, make people's life much better. I love that. Like, and I think that was also part of my attraction towards hospitality is like being part of that experience. We know we're the ones creating those memorable moments that they're going to take away. And even for me today, right? Like if I'm thinking about celebrating something or, you know, whether it's birthdays or anniversaries or whatever it may look like, I'd rather go out for a beautiful meal together with my friends, my family, rather than having something tangible, like as a gift, you know, I'm yeah, like that tangible gift, you know, it doesn't have as much meaning as it is sitting around a table with friends, good conversation and a good meal. As yeah. Well. Yeah. That really can touch your heart. Yes. So, I'm guessing you didn't stay with the family and run the restaurant. What did you What did you do when you sort of no. yeah started your working career? Yeah, I think my father actually said, "Would you like to take the restaurants?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, it was in the middle of nowhere in in the Jura County, which is in the east of France, by the mountain. Actually, it's just really close to Switzerland." And I inspired to travel. Um, that's what really I wanted to do. So when I finished my studies, I went to um, England, uh, basically to learn English properly, because you don't really have that in school. And I worked for uh, two amazing hotels. One was called the Danesfield House in um, close to, um, yeah, close to Maidenhead, let's say. Um, and uh, I basically started as a commie waitress there um, and, and worked my way up for, for, for a year. But then I had an opportunity to uh, join uh, Raymond Blanc and uh, Le Manoir Quatre Saisons in Oxfordshire, which was uh, yeah one of the best uh, uh, hotel I worked in. Actually, at the end, I got married there uh, a few years back, as much as I love that place. And... Um, and then after that, I went back to, to France to continue my study, to, to pass my, my master um, and traveled to Cambodia um, and Thailand. And I worked there for Sofitel for a while for in, in food and beverage, more specifically. And this is where I really learned um, cultural diversity and how important it is to adapt your style into culture and your management style, but also your, your own self. 
to adapt to a culture, to 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 exchange and learn. Um, for me, it was always an exchange. You, I learn from from you, and you learn from me, and that's always how I've developed my management skills along the way. It's an exchange. Um, and then that experience in Cambodia really changed my uh, my leadership way. Um, I moved back to France for um, three years. I worked for Relais Chateau, uh, close to Paris, uh, more in the rooms division, that type. So really looking after both housekeeping and um, and uh, reception and, and revenue and, and so on. And then moved again into more marketing um, and um, and sales. So those three years gave me a lot. And then I basically grew up to be deputy general manager for that hotel. So that was quite a young age to grow into that level. Had a fantastic general manager, Stéphane Gittieu at that time. And then he decided to move to Paris to work for La Durée, the famous uh, patisserie. And um, he asked me to follow him, uh, which I did. So I moved to Paris after that and uh, was general manager of one of uh, La Durée stores in, in Paris. Um, and he was a maternity cover, and after nine months of of, of uh, managing that that uh, that store and and restaurants, um, my 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 boss, Mr. Gitio, um, said, "Well, what would you like to do now? Do you want to take the Champs Elysees, or do you want to do the first opening of uh, International, which will be Harrods in in London?" And I'm, I'm definitely going back to the UK, um, which I really missed, by the way. So I moved to London. And we opened the first La Durée International Store in Harrods. That was back in 2005. Um, and uh, I started to be uh, really in charge of the retail um, area and the commercial, and then grew to become the general manager of that uh, store. And then along the way became the UK director of operation um, and, and really managing not only the store, but also the factory and, and so on. And then we opened two other stores in Burlington Arcade and then in Royal Exchange. An amazing experience, learned a lot along the way um, and, uh, and and really created meaningful connection that I still have today. But uh, at that time, um, the La Durée and uh, Paul, Paul Bakery, uh, was the same group, the group older. And the CEO of uh, Paul, uh, Jean-Michel Aurieux, um, uh, was uh, basically poaching me to work for him to a new business model, which was uh, Ping Pong Dim Sum. That was back in 2008. At that time, I was a guest at Ping Pong Dim Sum, which I loved. It was sharing plates, it was Asian. Mm. No one knew about it. It was just, uh, you know, cutting edge, all about tea and wellness, and cocktails and buzz, music. But what really drove me into ping pong was the culture, like how we could really grow as a team, develop as a team, and uh, I started when we had four restaurants and then uh, started as a general manager of two restaurants and then hard work, um, creating great teams that I can basically continue to develop, could take care of the restaurant. Then I had another one and another one and then basically uh, got to the UK region after two years and became the operations director for UK. And then we opened internationally. So that was a fantastic journey. Um, also quite, you know, different because UK or Europe functions a certain way. But when we opened the doors to US and Washington, and then when we went to South America, um, South America and Sao Paulo was quite a shock in terms of, yeah, how 
people are, how you can really change not only a person's life, but their whole family. Um, so there was quite a lot of learnings there, human learnings along the way. And then we opened India, which also was uh, was completely culture chalk, you know, like you're coming and you have those amazing house, really, you see wealth and you see poverty, like you want to help everyone. It's, it's, it's quite uh, heartbreaking uh, in there. But what was also interesting is how we could just transform the business model with those different different culture, their needs, and adapt. So, for example, in India, it was all about having more vegetarians, and then so so it was really specific and very interesting. So I, I basically became their uh, yeah their group operations director globally, um, and uh, super interesting concepts and 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 so on. But I missed the luxurious environments that I had in my career, and I was called to take over the food um, and drink retail as well as restaurants for Harvey Nichols, which is one of the most prestigious department store in, in the UK. Again, amazing learning. Worked with really strong women there, Stacey Cartwright, Daniela Rinaldi, to say just say a few, Sandrine Devo. Those women that we were a board of twelve and ten of us were women, so you can imagine that sometimes the balance with men was necessary because we are all fiercely and determined and willing. But really, I created amazing friendship uh, as well there. We were in a transformational phase um, at that stage. We were the first department store to have a nap. Now it, it, it is like, really, that's not that transformational. But back in um, 20, 2016, 20, yeah, 2016, it was quite revolutionary. And I really came into that moment where we were digitally transforming the store. Um, so yeah, it, it was again an, an amazing experience there. Um, and then I was I had one client um, in the wine shop uh, that um, was a really good client, and I created a connection uh, with with uh, with that person. And uh, well, basically said to me, "Well, I have a couple of hotels. Uh, would you like to lead the food and drink uh, department?" And I'm like, "Okay, well, let me have a look." And actually, it was not a few hotels; it was one of the biggest um, asset uh, asset uh, owner in, in the UK, London and Regional Properties that happened to have at that time, just a few hotels, 12. And uh, I joined uh, that amazing company um, where we had to do everything from scratch. So it's like, it's it's you yourself uh, and, 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 uh, and that's all. You just have to just manage it all which I love because very entrepreneurial, um, everything could be created from scratch. We work with different type of um, different uh, groups. So it could be Accor, Marriott, um, Melia, any any type of groups. And we also owned and operated our own um, hotels such as iconic luxury hotels. So that's Chutenden, Clefton, Ligonam. So really prestigious hotels. And then we had also Noble in Ibiza, we had the Excelsior in Venice, so very different type of properties that really needed a best book um, strategy all the time. It was not everyone fits all. So learnings in, in cultural differences in Spain, in Greece, in Italy, in, in, South, in France and, and, and the UK, but also a lot of uh, learnings around different brands and different uh, how do you do create those relationships between the brands and, and, and the owners. So extremely interesting, and we grew along the way because there was a few acquisitions uh, in in five years, and we grew to uh, to to forty eight hotels that I was in charge of. Uh, so amazing, fast pace, 
uh, entrepreneurial uh, that I really learned along the way and I'm very grateful for. Um, and then I had my second child uh, at that time, and uh, I knew that I needed to restrain a little bit on the intensity of travel um, and be a little bit more hybrid in the way I worked. And obviously with COVID, that really helped. And uh, one day, you know, Citizen M uh, called and I was a big fan of Citizen M. I was a guest of Citizen M. Um, but I'm like, there's no, you know, there's no restaurant uh, I mean there's there's food convenience but there's no really food you know and and this is my expertise so now you have different you know you have the skill set that we need for hotels and I'm like well you know this is such a, a cutting-edge company the branding the extensions it's also owner operator model so it's also something that I'm very familiar with the branding and then the people and the culture of citizen M is absolutely amazing um we really have those true connections between each other. We work in a very nice, challenging, collaborative way, um, which is extremely pleasant. Um, there's also a big element of trust, uh, honesty that we have in the brand and we grow talent. So uh, recently, as an example, I promoted um, a, a young lady, a young talented lady, Martina, um, to become then the new UK area manager. And she started as, as an ambassador. So our ambassadors are basically the one you know always be here for our guests along the way and it's a good it's a very good journey for her that to basically and when I see that that really gives me energy into it but uh yeah maybe I talk too much but that's that's in a way that's my career journey uh so far so yeah now I'm the uh operation uh director for EU so we I have a uh, uh, 18 hotels uh, in my remit. Uh, we're opening Rome. Um, and I know you've been recently. Uh, we're opening Rome at the end uh, of the year. Um, and then we also have a, a growth uh, in the US uh, where I have my counterpart, Henny, working there, which is uh, quite phenomenal. Thank you so much for taking us on that journey. And yeah, I really felt like, you know, it was like a story, like really listening to, you know, how you how you developed through your career and all the learnings that you had along the way. And, and a lot had to do with culture, which was really interesting as well. Right. And that's the beauty of hospitality is that we do get exposed to so many different cultures and we learn so much um, from it, too. And the contrast, like what you were saying about Sao Paulo and then India you know, the the differences that you get there and then how you have to then adapt, you know, and I think from your business model, you know, how you adapt to make sure that you can be a success in all those different destinations. Mm -hmm. It's only really understanding the culture that will make you, you know, successful there. 100%. And and I couldn't, I, I will pick up on this because, you know, you said in Harvey Nicks, you know, you were with a lot of amazing women um, and yeah, having that uh, a board of 12 and 10 were women, that's phenomenal, right? Like, I just, I'm so glad to hear that these kind of stories, because it's often the other way around. Mm -hmm. uh, but throughout your career, what has it been like, well, outside this example that you gave of Harvey Nicks, in terms of um, gender at all different levels of hospitality, what have you come across um, throughout your, your experiences? I have to be honest, I never felt that uh, being a woman was a disadvantage, so I never really um, experienced any 
um, anything like this. So I was uh, quite, uh, I guess, lucky in the leaders that I had, uh, but most of them were men, to be to be honest, um, which also you know, tells us something. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot to to be done for women uh, still today, um, simply because it's quite. Uh, it's it's still not accepted in some part of our society that uh, that woman can do it all, and sometimes yeah. it can be also a challenge, right, to manage uh, motherhood uh, and and uh, and and work. Because it's assumed that uh, it's 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 always motherhood, and um, I'm very lucky that you know I'm I'm married to someone that is not saying motherhood, but saying parenthood, yeah, and that we're basically doing it both. But um, I know that I'm lucky because it's not the it's not uh, the, the case for all women uh, in the world, and, and some you know some don't have that balance. So how how could that change? I think it's for for a woman to fight that corner when you really want to grow and have your career, it's just to say, no, um, I'm not accepting this. Uh, and, and my career is important. And to really, I don't think that there's a size that fits all. It's really what you want to do as, as, a, as a woman and what you want to achieve and, and how you want to, to deliver that. But I think speaking up is very important. Mm. I came across some conversation that were yeah, derogatory in my career. And sometimes I couldn't speak up because when you are two women around, 20 men around you, you kind of laugh, but you don't really want to laugh. You want to change it, but you know you can't do it. So it's choose your battle. I've learned to choose my battle because yes, in an environment like this, you cannot really change, but then you can have that one-to-one with the person that made that joke and say, you know what? I didn't really like what you what you mentioned. I know it was a joke for you, but... You have to be mindful of who's around you. Mm. And most of the time when I did that, people would say, oh, I, I, I didn't realize. I didn't, I didn't, I'm really sorry. This is not what I, I didn't mean. I didn't mean to hurt you. And I said, yeah, you did. I'm telling you. And just be careful because it, with me, I would be speaking up, but other other women may not be able to. If, if I was younger, I wouldn't do it. So, and then you can change the mentality because most of the time when you have those conversations people are actually feel really bad about themselves yeah. because they don't realize so it's about it's the the courage to speak up which uh which takes also maturity i think that my young self at 25 would probably not have done it but now i feel confident to to do that but i will encourage people to do so uh yeah Yes, you're absolutely right. I think finding that courage, um, that that's often, yeah, sometimes it comes with age or sometimes you're just naturally born with it. I've had various guests on my podcast who is with, with a mix of experiences and it's it's so true when it comes to speaking up, women don't do it enough mm. and we need to and whichever situation you're in, and it's easier to do when you're surrounded by people who are going to support you as well. Um, if you have role models that are within the company organization that yeah. you're working for, and you can see other women doing the same thing, then you are then motivated to do the same as well. And, you know, speak up for yourself and speak up for the things that you want. Mm -hmm. And I love that example that you gave. Okay. In that moment, fine. I'm not going to call it out, but let me go and have that conversation with that person afterwards, one-on-one, -on -one. because it is about education. It is about raising the awareness and just saying, hey, look, 
that was not okay. Or this is how what you said made me feel. I yeah. want you to be aware of that. So, yeah. and often we don't know that because we're not in other people's heads. Like we can't know what's happening. So by speaking up, by sharing our experiences, it, it really goes a long way. And we really, I mean, that collectively, we all need to do that. Absolutely. Uh, and so you've shared some of your learnings in terms of, you know, choosing your battles, speaking up. What other learnings have you had from your experience, you know, when you reflect upon your career? Uh, yeah, I had quite some learnings, I guess, along the way. Um, I think that what I've learned um, is that pacing yourself is uh, key. Um uh, I think when I started my career, I would just really do a lot and fast and sometimes too fast. And then when you do that, you make mistakes along the way. And it's okay to make mistakes. And it's good to fail as long as you basically learn from it. Um, but I really learned that, yeah, pace yourself, take some time for you. You know, it's it's so easy to say, yeah, another another meeting, yes another email, another this, another that. But I came now to the realization, no, every day, 30 minutes for me is sport. So I, I, I run and then 30 minutes would be Pilates or med meditation or for me. And that would give me that energy to have a really good focused day because I took care of, of me, right? Mm. So I think that, I didn't learn this earlier enough, or I mean, this is how life is. I, I think that also prior to COVID, there was not there was not that much um, uh, focus on on well being as much as now. I also see the transformation in the younger generation that work with me, and that we really need to be there in that in that well-being in that wellness taking care of themselves because mental health now is another degree that it was before and that the attention and the care that i have or i hold i am responsible for is is a focus and a priority um not only for for myself but pr the priority for me is for the team so i want to basically i've learned that and i want to make sure that I pass those learnings earlier to people because I really feel that there's a need now into our society that was not necessarily there when I first started my career. That is really well said that prioritizing yourself and giving yourself that time and space, right? To, to take care of yourself, to take care of yourself. Right. And I think when we do that, then we are better. I've noticed in times when I'm like super stressed and I'm like, just go 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 and I'm not taking that time to take care of my mental health it affects everything else around yeah. me yeah. It affects my my interactions with the team it affects interaction with my family my friends yeah. like once but once I kind of take that time out for me then it's a much better experience afterwards yeah absolutely but but it's it's also sometimes very difficult um yeah. to do that because you know oh yes I need to finish this I need to pick up the kids I need to plan this plan that and then I have a lot of travel in my work as well so sometimes you're like how am I going to manage this and it's the courage to also say no mm. no I'm not going to do that 
yeah, I'm going to cancel that trip. No, I'm not going to do this. Because yes, I can, but if I continue, then I will hit a wall and I will not be efficient in my work. So no. And it's not easy to say no because you want to please people, you want to overachieve, you want to be there for your team, you want to lead by example, you want, you want, you want. Yes, but what do you want for yourself? That's very, very well said. And thank you for that, that reminder. It's hard, but yes, say no when you need to say no. Mm, yeah. And I'll move on to my final question and ask you, who inspires you? Um, I think who inspires me the most on my day-to-day -day life is my husband. Um, simply because he's got that pacing Um natural vibe which which really inspires me like it's 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 phenomenal um but also inspires me to be a, a better person every day that's the communication the exchange we have that really inspires me in my day-to-day -day life and i'm very um i'm very lucky to have found a man like him um our kids inspires me because they also bring so much um novelties and and they're so natural there's no agenda you know they're just themselves and and they speak the truth and sometimes I mean it really inspires me like yeah it's so pragmatic and so simple why are we over complicating things you know so that that's that's something that yeah really and my family really my, my my family inspires me for that on my day-to-day -day and gives me a lot of energy um but in terms of a woman that really inspires me and and uh, I often think about her is Sheryl Sandberg um it, she really, uh, I mean, I probably read Lean In uh, probably 10 times and I pass it to to some colleagues. So because it's a book that really uh, was a was a quite a highlight moment in my career. And because I wasn't at the beginning of my career, I, mean, I was I was not really speaking up. I was doing, you know, like a lot of women, we do we do things, we get things done we tick, 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 done. But we don't lean in, we don't express our thought, we don't, because we are a bit, this is who we are, right? This is how we are wired. But she really like, not all of us, but I guess I was like this. And then when I read her book, I realized, oh yeah, of course I can lean in. And then when you enter those board meetings, those when you, which is, you know, sometimes quite, yeah, testosterone driven and you have your strong people and you're like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to 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 lean back here. I'm going to lean in. And I always think of her because I always like, yeah, remember what she wrote in the book, the example, you can do it. You can lean in. So she's really inspires me. And I think as a woman, you know, she, her, her history, her life, you know, um, and, and, and then she also, you know, lost her husband a few years back and, and now found love again. And yeah, she's uh, also as a person, as a mother, she inspires me in the way that how successful she was, but also as human, uh, how human she was and how a forceful woman she is. Mm. I'd you. love to meet her one day. <laughs> <laughs> I think many of us would. Uh, actually, her book was also an inspiration for me to start these podcasts. You know, I was like, let's hear, you know, her story was so powerful I'm sure there are plenty of women in hospitality that have powerful stories as well. So she was like yeah. my inspiration to to start doing the storytelling because the more that we share and learn from one another, we know that we're not alone. And that was very pivotal um, for yeah. me. Yeah. So thank you. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us today.
No, thank you for having me. I really, I really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, yeah, hopefully I can inspire many, many ladies to to join our industry or basically inspire people to continue in, in, in that in that amazing field that hospitality is um, and, and continue to develop further talent. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were as inspired as I was by that story. Please follow us here and on LinkedIn where I post videos of the recordings. Stay tuned for many more stories of inspiring women in hospitality.